The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm thrilled you could join me. Tonight we are talking about your life after their death with medium and best-selling author Karen Noe. As we talk about death, we also will be talking about how to live. So hopefully you will walk away fully engaged in living life to the fullest and fully recuperating from the necessary grief and pain when we say our final goodbyes to our loved ones on their new journey. You know, this morning I woke up, made myself a cup of coffee and let my kitties out in my enclosed beautiful compound. And I took my coffee and sat underneath my guava trees and looked out to the terracotta mountains that got a glimmer of the first sun of the day. The temperature must have been around the mid-70s and it was so comfortable. Off to the side, I saw the beautiful magenta color bougainvillea and the tall palm trees gently swaying. And I thought to myself, wow, just wow. I don't ever, ever recall having this picture in my mind. So it must truly be a gift from the universe. I turned within and meditated in this awesome gratitude. You know, July and August were very stressful for me with a major move to another city, plus experiencing a 120 degree temperature that I've never felt before, and then all the catch-up I was doing with my businesses. But now everything is not back to normal. It's actually better than normal. It feels like I had a major breakthrough during the last two months. It reminds me of the beautiful butterfly story that was in the last issue of Law of Attraction magazine. When I put this story in the magazine, I had no idea that it was actually talking to me. But now I can see that it was trying to tell me that the pain that we all experience is not a bad thing. For those of you who haven't read the story, it starts off with a man observing the birthing of a butterfly out of its cocoon. He watched as the butterfly was having great difficulty breaking free of the cocoon. And he watched for a long period of time and finally decided he needed to help that butterfly escape. So he cut a bigger hole in order to get it free. He watched in triumph as the butterfly slithered out of it. But instead of wings beautiful and wide, they were shriveled and weak, unable to take its first flight of its life. Little did the man realize that by helping the butterfly to have an easier experience, the man actually hurt the butterfly. You see, the butterfly needed to compress and squeeze out of its tiny little hole in order to fill its lungs and wings with the fluid meant to create the strong wings and body for its first flight. 
Now, the moral of the story is that we must all go through the pain to grow stronger and to become vibrant. The pain of stress, the pain of loss, the pain of unknowing, all of these create a beautiful butterfly within all of us. We were all born just like the caterpillar with our divine self that is so incredibly powerful. We all have the ability to create everything in our life the way that we want it. And yet, pain is the necessary component to reach new heights. This speaks to our own power and it speaks to those who rush to help others so that they have less pain and sorrow. Sometimes, even through the best of intentions, this prevents the necessary growth to develop into their spectacular divine self. As painful as it is to watch someone hurting, our own actions may delay their wings from developing as it prevents them from discovering their own inner power. In the law of attraction world, we're often told to change our thoughts in order to change our life. And this is so true. But in order to get to that place where we can change our thoughts, sometimes we have to get to the point where we have to feel the pain. So in other words, don't flee from the pain. Face it and grow. The law of attraction does not mean that you should live a pain-free life. It just means that you can only soar to great new heights by accepting the pain as a necessary component to getting your wings. In other words, sometimes you can't change your thoughts until you face the pains that your thoughts are actually causing you. Once again, It's okay to be human. It's okay to be real. And more importantly, it's okay to be you. Warts and all, it's okay to be you. You and I are a work in progress in which we expand daily. This is our human experience. This is life. Hmm. Now let's take a fast break and we'll be right back with medium Karen Noe. Did you know that every human uses only a small portion of their powerful mind? Jules Johnson, international certified hypnotherapist, wants to introduce you to your powerful mind in order to create your dream life. In as little as one session, Jules guides you into releasing limiting beliefs that keep you from achieving wealth, health, better relationships, and even true love. Schedule a session in Palm Springs or set up a Skype video session for those nationally and internationally. Jules would love to serve as your guide into living your dreams. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com or call 951-201-2166. That's creativeguidedimagery.com. And we are back and you are listening to Love Attraction Talk Radio with Jules. Now let's talk with best-selling author and medium Karen Noe about her book, Your Life After Death, A Medium's Guide to Healing After a Loss. 
Karen is a renowned New Jersey-based psychic medium and spiritual counselor with a two-year waiting list. She has written many books about angels, life after life, and creating heaven on earth. She's the founder of Angel Quest Center in New Jersey, where she teaches classes, gives readings, and practices alternative healing. You can find out more about Karen simply by going to her website, Karen noe.com that's n-o-e.com welcome karen to law of attraction talk radio i'm so delighted you could be with me today i'm so glad to be here (laughs) interviewing you is of course in divine uh timing uh i just had a friend die so this is just so perfect um to be able to talk uh to you about things that happen when you die so this is fun I'm, I'm really going to enjoy it so let's go into a bit of history though first if you don't mind sure. let's talk about uh, when you began to receive messages um, did you always have this since you were born or did you develop it or what's the scoop <laughs> okay well when I was younger I was psychic my father used to take me to the racetrack, and I'd pick the winning horses for him. I know. I, now I'm an animal activist. I don't even like to go to the racetrack, but <laughs> sort of thing that would happen. And I would know who was on the phone before caller ID, that type of thing. Mm. But about 20 years ago, I was going through a very rough time in my life, and I just sat at the edge of my bed, and I yelled at God, and I asked him if I'd be okay. And with that, I saw a light that came towards me from the other side of the room. And my first response was, if you're not of God, please leave. But the more I said that, the more it kept coming towards me, and it eventually enveloped me. And I've since learned that that was St. Francis of Assisi. Right Mm. after that point, I started receiving messages from those who passed as well as from the angels. And if you've read my books, they all somehow point toward peace and the animals i always incorporate that somehow interesting that's how it really started well when you first started seeing deceased loved ones did it jar you did it make you nervous like like the sixth sense the movie did you like what is going on here well it always was very peaceful it never was like that because Mm -hmm. when they're on the other side they're very much at peace and I felt their um, how they felt a more clairsentient I feel them Mm. rather than seeing their physical what they look like in physical so when they come through they always speak and they say something that only the deceased loved one knows and the living loved one would know so I found out very early on, when I first started doing this, I didn't want to share this with people because I didn't want people to think I was not in my right mind. (laughs) (laughs) What I did was I started doing healing in the back of a hair salon, uh, such as Reiki and energy healing. And as I was doing the healing, loved ones would start to come through with messages that I would never have made up. You know, that's when I know for sure that I was giving messages one of my first appointments, I was doing Reiki on someone and their loved one was trying to come through and they were trying to give me a message. I didn't want to give it because it sounded crazy. Uh, The loved one was saying, my name is Robert. I died in a car accident and it was, he was showing me a kangaroo with boxing gloves on. 
so I didn't want to share that. I, I thought it couldn't possibly mean anything to the love, you know, to the one I was working on. But he insisted, and I eventually gave in. And I said, okay, there's somebody here named Robert, and he died in a car accident, but he's showing me a kangaroo with boxing gloves on. <laughs> and she screamed, and she said, that's my friend Robert. He died in a car accident, but he, he boxed kangaroos in Australia. Oh, my goodness. Said, okay, that's, that's what I knew for sure right in the beginning that the messages, messages were very real. There's no way I could have made that up or try to figure that one out. And that's pretty much how the messages come, you know, when, when people come to see me. It's pretty crazy, way out there, and there's no way I would know. Only the loved one and those, you know, on the other side would know. Wow. How fascinating. Oh, I bet you that's fun. Are you having a good time with it? I am having a good time. Sometimes, it, you know, it gets me. I feel the feelings of the loved ones who passed, and it usually is very very peaceful but I also feel the people in my office and they're grieving so many times when they come to see me it's not just a reading it's a healing you know mm. I do Reiki energy healing we do all sorts of techniques which I talk about in the uh, in the book your life after their death and because it's pretty much the loved one on the other side truly is okay it's the one who's in my office who is not so there's a true healing going on between the two of them so what's the message for the person that's in your office? Um, do you talk to them about what happens after their loved one die? What they experienced or, or what? Yeah, there's all sorts of messages that come through. Most of the time the messages come through for the person who's in my office. Although sometimes nobody comes through and I'll say, I'm sorry, there's nobody here. You can't make somebody happen. Uh, make it happen on demand but um yeah when they when they come through they often say they should have could have would have done something differently when they were still here on earth they're able to see the bigger perspective they go through a life review where they're able to see through the client's eyes their loved one's eyes how they affected them so they talk about that they see you know they often say such as you know i should have told you how much i loved you but now it's too late I should have told you more often. I should have told you. I should have forgiven you. Because now I could see through your eyes why you did what you did. Or I, sh you sh I should have asked for forgiveness. I never meant to hurt you, but I could see I hurt you nonetheless. Things like that. Huh. Wow. So what is, when they first, when the people first come to you and they're grieving, they're wanting to know if the person is okay and if they are, in fact, still around, right? Would that yeah. be the common thing so, that they're trying to find out? Mm -hmm. So they are pretty much around. They're not around 24 hours a day. They are evolving and growing. Um, they do stick around, you know, for major events. They are around when we talk to them. They usually could hear us. So they usually say, talk to me, I can hear you. They love to give us, without a doubt, signs to let us know that they're around. And there's many of those types of signs. Um, things like that. I don't know if you'd like to talk about that. Sure, I love to. The signs, because they they do deliver signs. They You can be specific with them for a sign, right? Yeah, you could be specific, but usually they like to give the sign they want to give. Ah. And it usually would be very much in their personality. For example, 
Okay, first of all, you retain the same personality as you had when you were here on Earth. Oh. So after you pass, if you were loud, you're still loud. <laughs> you're quiet, still quiet, and if you were funny, you still are funny, such as, I'll give you an example. Uh, my friend Marion, she was very funny, very loud, and she liked to play pl practical jokes. <laughs> so after she passed, I decided to write her a letter, which, by the way, I, I highly recommend to the listeners. You could write a letter to your deceased loved one and tell them everything you need to say to them, how much you love them, if you want to ask for forgiveness, and so forth. And make sure at the end of your letter to ask them to give you a without-a-doubt sign to let you know without a doubt that they're aware of what you have written to them. So I did this for my friend Marion. Now again, she was a practical joker. Remember this. <laughs> so I wrote the letter to her and I said, Marion, please give me a without a doubt sign to let me know that you are aware of what I just said to you. I love you very much and I just want to know if you're okay and if you're around us. So a few days later, I went to mail letters in my mailbox. I went down the stairs to my porch and as I'm walking down the porch, there was a bird in my driveway screaming at the top of its lungs, screaming. And I knew right away that that was Marion, and I'll explain in a minute. And I said, oh my God, Marion, how are you? And the bird literally followed me to my mailbox and continued to scream. Now birds normally don't do this. Right. So I would tell listeners, uh, they would do something, uh, they, they're able to come through inside, they use their energy to come inside of a bird, a ladybug, a butterfly, or any other type of animal to let us know that they're around us. And they will retain the same personality as they had when they were here on Earth. But they're not always a bird, a ladybug, a butterfly. Okay, they use their energy just to come inside of the, the animal to let us know they're around us at that particular time. So, so she's screaming at me, screaming at me, and I'm crying. I said, oh my God, Marion, I love you so much. Thank you so much. And I'm looking across the street, and my neighbor's looking at me like I've totally lost it. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't care. So I had a cell phone in my pocket, and I, I took out my cell phone and called my son, who was in the house, and I said, Tim, come outside. Marion's here. And he said, huh? I said, Tim, just come outside. Marion's here. And he came outside and he witnessed the whole thing. <laughs> now, a few days later, a mutual friend of ours, Carol, she called me and she said, Karen, you're not going to believe what Marion just did to me. And I said, okay, tell me what she did to you and I'll tell you what she did to me. And she said, Karen, I just painted my kitchen. I just painted my kitchen, I opened the sliding glass door, and a bird flew in my window, in, in the sliding glass door, and pooped all over my walls. <laughs> and I knew right away that it was Marion, and I said, thanks a lot, Marion, and then the bird flew out. <laughs> so what I'm saying, true story, what I'm saying is they retain the same personality as they had when they were here on Earth. That's very, very, very interesting. I had an experience as well with my father, and this was about three or four years ago. And, and I said, Dad, give me a sign that you're around and, and hit me right between the eyes with it. So I didn't hear anything or see anything for about three days. And then all of a sudden I was on Facebook and there's my dad's face. And it's a remember you know, so here's his last picture that was ever taken, and it was his face right there. 
And I'm going, oh my goodness, the significance is that he's a photographer. So of course he's going to show himself in a picture. So that is like right between the eyes, I got the message, thanks dad. You knew right away. Yeah. And you usually do know right away when you receive a sign from your loved one. You usually say, oh, this is my grandmother, my friend, my father, mother, and so forth. But there's so many different types of signs, you know. First of all, I would love to tell the listeners, most people expect to hear an audible voice Ah. to see an apparition of their loved one. Now, you know, that can happen, but most of the time they're speaking to us telepathically, which means they speak to us as as thoughts, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, how do you tell the difference between your thoughts and theirs? That's the key. Your thoughts will be very rational. Something will trigger a thought that will trigger another thought and so forth. A a deceased loved one will just pop in your head and say something just just there. In other words, when my mother comes through, she'll say, hi, sweetheart. It'll just register as a thought to me. And I know that that's her coming through. I know it sounds crazy, but this is the way it works. And the reason why mediums are able to connect easier you know, for others than for themselves is because um, when a thought comes into their consciousness that they're not even aware of, such as, say, the boxing kangaroo or Aunt Jemima, I've had so many crazy messages throughout the years, I know it's not mine. I know it's for the other person. See, they're speaking to me telepathically just as they're speaking to you. My purpose here on Earth, I'm pretty sure, is to empower people to learn how to connect with their loved ones themselves. That's very important. That's wonderful. How do you think, this is kind of off the beaten path here, but how do you think you're getting the the messages? Is it through the third eye, the pineal gland? Yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm very sensitive to energy, so I'm not quite sure if it's just that way. It comes into my energy field, my whole um, aura. Perhaps mm-hmm. when I walk into a room, I could feel everybody's feelings as if they're my own, you know, and things like that. So I'm pretty sure what's happening is I feel their energy. Even though I don't see them, I feel them and I can connect with them in that way. So you're an um, empath. Yes. So that you can feel everyone's energies here and on another realm. Yes. And the reason why that is, is because we are all connected anyway, whether they're deceased, whether we're alive, and many times we're not aware that we're all connected unless we're meditating. Mm. Sometimes that's even hard to, to, to feel when you're meditating. But I could assure you that we are all connected, we're all one, and after we pass, we feel that connection as if we are each person. And that's why after you pass, you go through a life review, you could actually feel how you've affected the other person through their eyes. Because you realize, yes, we're one. I know it's hard to understand when we're here in the physical body. (laughs) So let's go over when a a loved one dies. Um, What happens? What's the first thing that happens to them? Mm -hmm. Are they witnessing uh, what everybody's going through are they so amazed at what's happening to them that they're kind of divorced from the physical life what's going on that's a good question first of all they're experiencing so much peace and love and they're seeing their loved ones who already passed as well as their pets 
and all of that. They're experiencing all of that. So at first, that's what they're they're focusing on. There's nothing but peace and love. It's amazing. Um, at a certain point, then they go through their life review where they're able to see how they've affected people, other people, their loved ones, their friends, their family, and all of that. They're able to, to be wherever they so desire after they pass with the thought they're there. So say their loved one who's still here on earth is focusing on them, talking to them. They're able to be there in an instant. They're not always able to be there on demand, just like when they were here on earth. But if they're able to do it and they're not, um, they actually do things on the other side, such as grow and evolve. So if they're not doing it, anything at that time, they're able to connect with their loved ones on demand, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, so when a picture of that person pops into our mind, that yeah. is most likely a sign that they're around us? I would say so, yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. It comes into your thought process. Their energy is trying to connect with your energy. Interesting. Um, and if they have a message to give us, they're going to develop some kind of a sign that pertains to their personality. Yeah, that's one of the easiest ways they could come through to people who are not psychic. You know, I, do, I truly believe that we're all psychic and we're all able to get messages. We just have to realize how to receive the messages. Again, most of the time it comes as thoughts, as telepathic messages instead of a voice or a, a picture. But um, if we're not paying attention to that, there's many ways that they could come through as signs, such as they love to come to us in dreams. Mm. And that's a very, it's important to distinguish between a real visitation from our loved one and a subconscious dream. Let me explain the difference. A Please. Yeah. A, a sub subconscious dream would be something that we're trying to work out in our subconscious with our deceased loved one, such as how they died or, you know, if we were angry at them so, and so forth. So a subconscious dream would often be scary and frightening, whereas a true visitation would never be scary and frightening. It would always feel very peaceful. Um, sometimes you feel like you won the lottery when you, when you experience this type of dream. When my mom passed, I asked her, I needed to hear her voice one more time. And one day I, I came home from work and I was really tired. So I took a nap and I had a quote unquote dream, but I know it wasn't a dream. It was a real visitation from my mom. In the dream, I was in a crowded place and over the loudspeaker, she had her voice come over the loudspeaker and she said, I have an important announcement. I have an important announcement. I am okay and I love you. Oh. I, in the dream itself, I knew it was a real visitation from my mom. And I said, oh, my God, Mom, I love you so much. Who are you with? And she said something that I didn't recognize. So I said, Mom, I couldn't hear you. Who are you with? And then she said it louder. And she said, Nanny, who is with her, who is her mom. And with that, the phone rang, woke me up, and I was able to remember the dream. So what happened was, is if you don't wake up after a dream, a true visitation, you won't remember it. So you need to ask your loved ones to come to you in a dream, but to wake you up after the dream so that you remember it. And that's very important, too. And I woke up. I, I felt like I won the lottery. 
you know, you know when you had a true visitation. Did you ever have a dream such as this? Yes. And you yes. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. I have had dreams, uh, quite a few dreams, um, especially from a former husband who died. And, mm -hmm. yeah, he was always popping in my dreams. Sometimes it was good. Sometimes it was uh, a lot of anger. So I don't know what that was going on, but... Um, Oh, he's still the love of my life. <laughs> so it was all good. I think it was a lesson for me. So I take it from those dreams that I'm supposed to learn something, yes. right? Well, the good dreams were probably, depending on the dream itself, were real visitation. And the ones that were not so good, that's your subconscious trying to reserve it, resolve issues. Ah, that's the difference. You could tell the difference. When you wake up after a dream, a real visitation, you know that your loved one really was there. It feels wonderful. Mm -hmm. And there's always peace there, always love there, regardless of what happened between the two of you. Mm. That is so good. How do you help heal after losing a loved one? I mean, it's tough. It's like an empty hole of energy is created by the loss of this loved one. That's the only way I can experience or, or tell it like it is, is for me, there's a hole that I can't feel and it takes time to fill that energy hole again. Yes. What is that all about? Well, do, do we have to go through that or how do we get to the place where it's okay? Well, first of all, it's, it's very important to honor your grief and to okay. take as much time as you need to honor that grief because a person in your life is no longer there, somebody that was significant in your life. So, of course, you're going to feel that hole. It's important to know, however, that your loved one truly is okay and they would want you to be okay, too. It's not disrespectful to move on and to be happy again. That's important, too. But, again, you don't want to rush that. Um, it's important to focus on something other than your loss, and sometimes you don't want to do that, mm. <laughs> you know, but that's the time to get out and do anything that you love to do, whether it be going for a walk, being with friends, spending quality time with others. It's important to banish guilt as well at that mm. time. Very important not to dwell on what you didn't did or didn't do with your loved one because they, they again, they're able to see the bigger perspective of why you did or didn't do certain things. Mm -hmm. So it's important to move on from there. It's important to keep their memory alive, you know, and it's set goals and stay busy. There's so many things that we can do. You could do set the goals in their memory, you know, such as build, make a foundation in their memory, speak on their behalf, or, or anything that makes you feel better. But mm -hmm. nothing, you know, don't do anything until you feel ready to move on. I noticed um, that there's little containers that you can put the the body in or even um, the ashes in which it grows into a tree. Mm, I've heard that. I love that. Is <laughs> that good? Is that something that we should consider that we actually ourselves go into the earth and we create a new life? That's actually a wonderful idea. I did that with my cat. When really? Passed away, Otis. Yeah, I plant got his ashes and I planted a rose him in with the rose bushes. 
So, and the roses are so big. They're huge. So I think it's a wonderful idea to do something like that. And in reality, the body of, that, of who they were, it's not them anymore. It's the spirit. Their, their spirit continues to exist, not the body anyway. So that's important to remember, too. Karen, you've been on my show before, but I really found you just a few weeks ago in that you had contact with Dr. Wayne Dyer. So I wanted to um, ask you about this and the fact that you've actually been in contact with his family and the kids and you were able to convey some things that Wayne wanted not only his children to know but the whole world to know about a transition yes could you can you go into that a little bit I would love to um, I met his daughter Serena in Orlando when I was going to speak at an I Can Do It event, which is uh, when the authors speak for Hay House, the publisher. Mm -hmm. And there was a bus. They were going to pay tribute to Wayne. It was just about a month after he passed. And there was a bus with transporting the authors to the conference center across the street. And there was one seat available next to me. And Serena Dyer, his daughter, took the seat. And we connected and we talked, and she put me in contact with her sister, Sage, who happens to live in Manhattan, only about 40 minutes from where I am. And to make a long story short, uh, three of, of his children, as well as his wife, came to see me from Florida, as well as Sage from Manhattan. And he came through with very specific, detailed messages for them all, which they know without a doubt it was truly their dad and, their, and Marceline's husband, things that I would never have known. And many of them are private, but some of them are very out in the open, which Serena always posts everything on Facebook that she likes to share. Um, but let's, let's fast forward. I could share some of them with you if you'd like. Sure. But he was, more importantly, when I made the appointment for them, and I'm booked for two years ahead of time, but I got them in a month later. Uh, they wanted to make an appointment. And needless to say, I mean, I've been doing this for years, but I was nervous. Wayne Dyer has always been my idol, mm -hmm. uh, my favorite author of all time, and I love the way he spoke. I never, I met him only um, when I went to his, when he spoke, and then he signed my books. That was the way I knew him. I didn't know him intimately or anything like that. So when they came, when they wanted to make an appointment, I was nervous, even though I had been doing readings for years. Here it is, somebody that I had always looked up to. You know, it's go, they're going, he's going to be coming through. I was so nervous. So needless to say, he, he started, I, I started going for walks with my dog. And I said, Wayne, what did you get me into? <laughs> now you got me in a fix here, you know. And he said, get out of your own way get out of your own way and I said oh my gosh if, if this is truly you you have to let me know without a doubt that this is truly you now this went back all the way when I was still in Orlando when I felt him I said if this is truly you give me a sign to let me know without a doubt that this is you and I went back to my hotel room because I didn't want to go back on the bus because I didn't think I was significant enough to be with those authors and to be with his family. And he kept saying, get out of the way, get out of the way, this, you know, and all of that. 
So when I, I walked home from the conference center to my hotel room, and I said, you have to give me a sign to let me know without a doubt that this is you. And there was something itchy in my shirt. And I reached in to see what it was, and there was a huge sticker that said W-E on it, which I took to mean was the beginning and first and last letter of his first name, Wayne. And I, he said, is this good enough? And I said, oh, my God, this, this is wonderful. And I started crying, and I felt him. <coughs> Little did I know it meant so much more than W-E, Wayne. May I go, go further with that? Yes. So when I went on, after they made the appointment with me, um, and I had a whole month to process this whole thing, I would go for walks with my dog, and every time I was out in nature, Wayne would come through with important messages for them, and uh, important messages about what he said is the we consciousness, which happened to be what was on my sticker. And the we consciousness, it basically talks about the unity of everyone mm -hmm. and everything. Talks about our divinity. Talks about the compassion for all of life and what one person does to oneself or another affects the whole. And if you could fully grasp these important truths, you'll be able to create miracles in your life and make significant difference in the world. And then he broke it down into 33 concepts. So here I am, I'm going on walks, for daily walks, and I said, Wayne, I don't know if your family wants to hear about the we consciousness. They want personal messages. And he just started laughing, and he said, trust me, I'll give them personal messages. So when they came to see me uh, about a month later, as I was driving to the center, to, my, to the Angel Quest Center, a car cut me off, and it said Dire One on it, on the license plate. <laughs> so I knew that he was going to come through. So as soon as they walked in, it's almost like he took over my body, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I am a very shy person, and here it is, Wayne Dyer's family is in my office, and I would normally be very shy, but I'm saying, he's here, he's telling you to hurry up, hurry up, get out of the bathroom, hurry up, hurry up, get in. And his personality came through so much that they knew without a doubt it was him. He spoke to each of them differently. He spoke to his daughter, Sky differently than he spoke to his daughter, Serena. He spoke to Sky softly, and he spoke to Serena very strongly. And um, there was one message for Serena in particular that she loves to share. She just, had, she just gave birth to a baby at that time, Sailor, at that time. And here she's in my office, and Wayne is saying, "And you're going to, <clears throat> you're going to have another baby soon. You're you're pregnant. You're pregnant." And she said, "Karen, I can assure you, everything that you said made sense except this. I'm not pregnant." And I said, "Okay," but he's saying something about the Fourth of July and fireworks. To make a long story short, she indeed was in the family way. <laughs> she gave birth on July first. Wow. <laughs> and. To make a long story short, he made me call her at a particular time, and I couldn't call her. She wasn't answering the phone, so I had to call her sister, Sage, and I said, Sage, what is going on? And she said, Karen, at this time, Serena is actually pushing to give birth to her baby. <laughs> so he's shouting, Serena, I'm there. Daddy's there for you. Daddy's there for you. So that's 
pretty much what I've been experienced the last couple of months, last year. Wow. So they feel, and they're grieving of what they went through. One, it was a dramatic shock. Yes. Um, and that's hard to get through. All of a sudden, your life changes in an instant. So how did they deal with that immediate loss? You know what's a wonderful thing? This is truly they're practicing what they know. Uh, they knew without a doubt that their dad was okay and was around. They always believed in the afterlife. They always t- He always talked. He was so excited about the afterlife. He would talk to Anita Morjani all the mm-hmm. time about you know, her experiences and you know being on the other side. She actually, I don't know if you know about Nita Morjani, but... Oh, yeah, I just interviewed her last week. <laughs> yes, so she actually had a near-death experience and, you know, experienced the afterlife and came back to Earth to talk about it. So he would talk to her about it often. Um, so he, was, he actually told his ch- children that he was excited, you know, about the afterlife. So when this happened... You know, whereas they miss him very much, they knew that he truly was at peace. And with the messages that he gave, the funniest thing is when they walked in, he said, I'm so excited to talk about the afterlife and the we consciousness. Would you like to hear about that or would you rather hear personal messages? And they all said personal messages. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. He gave them personal messages without a doubt signs, without a doubt messages that only they would know. So probably the biggest message, though, that Wayne wants everyone to realize is the fact that you can just simply think of a person who has passed and they're there with you at that moment as if they've never left. You can uh, exchange thoughts with them. They, you can just be open to that experience. Is that correct? Yes, you could speak to them because they could hear you. Um, they can always be with you on demand immediate, immediately. So the fact is they are growing and evolving on the other side. So it's not, it's almost, it is a phone, you know, dad, please come here. But if he doesn't come right away, he will be there when he could be there for you. But he, it's not over. Your connection with your loved ones, with Wayne, it's not over. It still exists. So any one of us can simply sit down and visualize Wayne Dyer in our room with us, and he's there. Is that correct? But Yes, everyone. It's not just Karen Noe. It's not just his family. He's trying to connect with many people. Whoever is asking, who wants to learn about the afterlife, He's there for you. Absolutely. Interesting. So when I was talking to Anita Morjani, she was telling about this wonderful story about a book that he was so excited about. And um, he had actually uh, told her and called her up and very excited to say, please, you've got to read this book. It's absolutely fabulous. Read it and tell me your opinion. And the book is um, The Impersonal Life. And that, it's really funny because I've been getting signs to 
read this book immediately so I pull it up and I'm reading it and you're talking about the we consciousness and it is very very similar different words but very similar to the book called the impersonal life and it is really brilliant it is a life-changing book and it's only like 45 more I mean 45 pages and it's like wow so after I had this interview with uh, Anita, I'm getting all of these emails saying, oh my goodness, this is the book that I've been reading for the last 15 years. It's it's a very old book, basically in the 1900s. But I thought, wow, okay, so he's coming and he's delivering this message in order to get it out to the public. He's very much still involved in our human lives right now. Is this correct? Yes, he was large in life, but he's even larger in death. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I feel this, and I feel that he's teaching now us from the other side. Oh, he is. Now, he's um, he's joining with a group of other guides and angels, ascended masters, and... God and every, so sometimes it's hard to differentiate him between with all of them. It's kind of like Abraham when Esther Hicks um, channels Abraham. That's a group of beings. Um, the we guides <clears throat> at this particular time, you know, they, they come through all at as one because in reality we are all one anyway. When he comes through to his family or to those who are seeking just his advice, he will come through individually for them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Sure, absolutely, and I can see the difference. So, because he is a part of the one, there is no difference between um, uh, God and us. We are all the same. Correct. And that's hard for people to understand, that we have God within us, that we, you know, he always said, I am, the I am discourse. But now he's saying it's not I am, it's we are. Right, and that's what this book was talking about, too. Yeah. So it's amazing that here it's the we consciousness, and we're trying, well, we are getting away from the individual concept and going to a bigger concept, and it's very, very powerful. It It's not weird that it's all happening now in this time and space. Uh, of what we're experiencing on the planet Earth with all the chaos and everything. It's it's really amazing that we created all of this chaos and it all started from our thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's it's just unbelievable information is flowing out. And I think he is directing a lot of it. Okay, they've got to know this, they got to know it. And you know, the way that he can put everything together to make it so understandable, he's doing it without writing, but he's doing it with energy. Exactly. He's coming through, as we discussed before, our loved ones come through as thoughts that just pop in our head for no reason. Notice those thoughts when you're connecting with Wayne, if you'd like to connect with Wayne Dyer and say, you know, let, is there anything you want me to know? And if something just pops in your mind, I know you'll probably say, is this me or is it him? But you just asked. So he's answering you. One of the most important messages that um, he was talking about is our becoming instruments of peace, because that is vital to the survival of this planet. 
So right. that's what this is all about. This um, what happened was after he started coming through with the we consciousness with the we guides, and they gave me thirty three concepts of the we consciousness. Um, I'm actually writing a book now called the we Con- the we consciousness becoming an instrument of peace, and it's how we can become instruments of peace and create change in the world and save the planet. And it's so important, you know, right now at this time. Is the basis of that actually changing how we are thinking from our individual It absolutely self? is. Absolutely. Again, yeah. we're going back to that book that he was so excited about. That- he was literally excited, jumping up and down about this book when he read it, what, a, a year before he passed. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm seeing all of this connecting, and it's a really amazing, amazing. So the 33 things that you are writing about in the book, what's perhaps the, the number one thing that we need to know? Well, the first one, which would be the most important truth, is that we're all one. Mm. You know, it encompasses everyone and everything including God, the angels, ascended masters, deceased loved ones, animals, and nature. I know it's hard to understand, and you, you know, you get that, you really understand that after you leave the body, but this is what they want us to understand. When you hurt yourself, when you hurt somebody else, you're hurting yourself. You know, what you're thinking and feeling, you're creating more of that in your life, and in the world as well. Right, so it's our thoughts that are creating. If we simply turned our thoughts away from what we are seeing and and redid our perception of it as maybe something that has to happen so that we can evolve even further. So in other words... We have Go to ahead. focus on what we want, which is peace, instead of what's going on. Instead of focusing on what is the war or violence, don't do that because you're putting more energy on that. So you need to focus on peace and love and compassion. There's so much of that in the world. And if more people focused on that, that would grow. It's not just the thought, it's the feeling and mm-hmm. the um, extent of that feeling. If it's a strong feeling, you're creating a lot of it. If you, if it's a small, you know, lower amount of energy devoted to that feeling, it's not so much so. <laughs> yeah. So it's also about um, knowing that anything that happens is for a reason. All the good, all the bad, all the ugly is being delivered to the person who thinks it as a way to help evolve them into another level. There is nothing that is occurring that is not by divine plan. Correct or no? Um, to To an extent, a lot of things are not for us to learn. But if we think unpleasant thoughts and feelings, it happens to us, we become, it happens to us anyway. Maybe not to, we have to understand that we're not victims. And it's not just the divine plan. We could create anything we want in our lives with anything. And there's nothing that we can't have or do um, in our lives. So uh, we have to realize in that respect, we have to focus on what we want 
focus mm-hmm. on peace and love, and we won't be victims anymore. Even though, yeah, I know you're saying it's something that we need to learn and to learn. Well, not to be victims, but yeah. in that the situations to move forward. Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. Yeah, yes, yes, the and a si- yeah, you have to get to that level in order to shift the collective consciousness that you call we consciousness. I call it the collective consciousness. So it's always a good thing. I don't believe that we're going to wreck the planet. I believe we're just going through a new phase in which we can deliver a more effective way of living. But if it does dissolve into um, um, this thing that we're going to crash out and World War III and, you know, everybody's going to be destroyed, well, so be it. The worst thing that can happen is that we'll be with Wayne Dyer on the other side. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There there is no bad, (laughs) bad thing to it. That's true. Um, what I was saying is, in reality, you're with Wayne Dyer now. Yes. <laughs> but what, we don't end. The body ceases to exist, and we the body passes away. But the energy of who we are continues. It's never ending. So, yeah, the worst thing that could happen is that, you know, the body doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, the worst thing. And then, you know, talk about knowing what true freedom is like. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, but we came here to experience becoming powerful human beings. Yes. And that powerful powerful human being, which Wayne Dyer's always tried to teach us, is that we are powerful. And that if we simply change our thoughts, we change our life. Correct. And that's very true. It's very true. Sometimes uh, people tell me, you know, it's easier said than done because it's, it's habit. You think in a certain way. But if you mm-hmm. tr- truly realize what your thoughts are doing and creating in your life, you'd be very careful about what you're thinking and feeling. So it's very important to focus on what you want instead of what is. If right. what is is not so nice. Mm. Exactly. Right. We can yeah. uh, change our lives. I love it. I love it. This is so wonderful, Karen. This is great. How do people find you? They could go to my website at karennoe.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-N-O-E.com. And you'll see and testimonials by the dyers on the website as well. How fun. How fun. That's great. And um, are you're in New Jersey. Are you? Do you do appearances anywhere? Yes, I do travel. And I am going to be in September in Philadelphia speaking for the I Can Do It event for Hay House again. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I do travel. You could see my, my schedule, again, on my website under classes and events. Oh, fantastic. Okay, and how about a last uh, bit of advice for all of our listeners here? The energy of who we are never ends. And understand that your loved ones truly are okay, and they would want you to be too. And that includes Wayne Dyer. And how wonderful is it that who we are continues the same uh, personality. So Wayne Dyer, he was very large in life, and he's even larger in death. Remember that. Contact him if you'd like. Ask him to give you signs to let you know that he's around you. And then be patient and wait, and the signs will come 
when you least expect it. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I think I just got a sign from him just last week. So thank you, Karen. This has been an absolute delight. And I truly appreciate your message. And will you come back on when you have your book of the We Consciousness so we can discuss it? I would love to. Thank you. Thank you. And to all my wonderful listeners, have a great week. And don't forget to get your free hypnosis recording for attracting money into your life by sending an email to Gina at LOAmedia.com. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at LOAradionetwork.com and have a great week.